to the Starting With One podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information on Canadian healthcare, financial and estate planning issues, and running a business. With each episode, Robin and Al will be exploring topics that matter to you. Starting With One is built off of our experience that we enhance the lives of many starting with one. Every great story that we get to share all started with one phone call, one conversation, or one meeting. These are the stories that make us very proud to do what we do, and it all starts with one. Welcome back to Starting With One Podcast. My name is Al McDonald. I'm here with my co-host, Robin Bailey. Hello, hello. We are here again today with Scott Edgington. Scott, we've had you on before, and we had some great feedback about that podcast that you did with us. So we wanted to invite you back in again today and talk about something a little bit different. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Al. It's great to be back. Perfect. Last time we talked a little bit about seg funds and mutual funds. We got some questions back and some good feedback, so that was great. Again, going back to your background, what you're doing now, what your background is, is on the income and the investment side of things. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today, and it's, it's become more of a concern, I think, in the industry and uh, with individuals, is literally people outliving their money. They save for retirement. They think they're doing a great job. Hopefully, in a perfect world, they work with someone like me, someone who's an advisor, someone who helps them save money. But the one thing that they can't control and and that you know nothing about is how long you're going to live. So I did my elder planning counselor designation a few years ago. It's, It's probably quite a few years ago now. And one of the things that struck me at the time, I usually do a financial plan for all my clients. And one of the things they said is, if you're projecting out for people living to age 90, 10% of your plans are wrong already because mm-hmm. at least one of a husband and wife, a, a couple, at least one will live beyond age 90 now. So already I'm wrong on 10% of, of my plans when I'm projecting to age 90. So on that note, yeah. I've actually started projecting now to age 95, yeah. but that's one way to deal with it is plan longer, mm-hmm. uh, trying to save more. But what we want to talk about today, what I want to talk about with you is the financial industry does have some products, some of which have been around for a long, long time, and some of which are a little sure. bit newer, yep. but they really are meant to address people outliving their money. So let's talk about that. What are your thoughts on well, that? Well, it's a real concern. Yeah, I was thinking about this before I came today, and I would sort of start off by saying that one thing we've seen happen over the years, in the recent years, maybe the last 25 years or so, is kind of the death of defined benefit pension plans. Right. Just as background, a defined benefit pension plan is you, you know, you participate in this plan while you're working, uh, you make contributions, often the, your employer would make contributions, and then when you turn 65, generally, they promise to pay you one or $2,000 a month for as long as you live, and then perhaps sometimes benefit for your spouse if you predecease your spouse. Those are pretty much gone. In fact, the statistics are interesting. They've kind of flipped. In the good old days, 90% of the pension plans were DB or defined benefit, and 10% were defined contribution, and I'll define that in a second. But it's actually flipped now so that very few other than government employees, municipal employees, the odd company has a defined benefit pension plan now. So everyone has gone to defined contribution, which means you still contribute, the employer contributes, but then you're at the mercy of the investments to see how long they'll last. Right. From a business standpoint, it's much, much better for employers because they don't have any risk. Far less risk for them. There's no risk for the pension plan. So that's the way things have gone. And as you say, people are very concerned about outliving their money. 
Uh, we do have some social programs in Canada, old age security and Canada pension plan. If someone was able to max out on those two, they would get between what, $18,000 a year would yeah. be about yeah. the maximum yeah. from okay. both of them for a single person. Not a Obviously, lot of money. Not a lot of money, all taxable. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a lot of money. So if you think about people living longer, what's happened from, I guess, a demographic standpoint is that we're living the end of our lives. It sounds kind of silly. Is it longer? Mm -hmm. And when I was here last time, I pointed out I started out in the actuarial world. And one thing I learned, I guess I learned many things, but one of the things I remember from that is the longer you live, the longer you're going to live. Right. So right. like the life expectancy of an infant might be 81 or 82 or something. Right. But if you make it to 65, right. you might be up to 88, 89. Right. And as you were saying before we started, a married couple, if both of them get to 65, one of them's going to make it into their 90s. Yeah, that's pretty much guaranteed, right? right? Mm -hmm. And the most recent census pointed out that in Canada now, there's 10,000 people over the age of 100. That's crazy. And uh, <laughs> the little anecdote I like to tell about that is, I'm sounding like an old timer here, but in the good old days, um, <laughs> the queen, you could approach the queen if you had a relative turning 100 and the queen would actually, she would sign a letter that says, congratulations, Al, on reaching your 100th birthday. The palace had to stop doing that because there was too many requests. Right. All she would have been doing was signing letters all day. Yeah. Medical science, whatever the cause is, sure. better nutrition, who knows what it is. But people are living longer. longer. Yeah. And uh, like you, when I meet with clients, I ask them, like, how old are your parents? Right. And, oh, yeah, my mom's 91. My dad's, you know, still driving. He's yeah, 89. And, yeah. and I, like you, I automatically then do my financial plan out to age 100. Yeah. So it, yeah. longevity risk is very, very big Absolutely. Uh, for people and keeping up with inflation with your own investments. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. Absolutely. And people like this certainty of a, maybe not all their income in retirement or yeah. in their later years, but perhaps some of it. So the good news is the financial industry... Come to the rescue. Yeah, we have a we, yeah, we have this big white horse we ride around on. And, um, if there's a need, they'll come up with a product. So let's talk about two ways to address that challenge about living your money. One is annuities. And, I, and they've been around for a long time in Certainly. the industry. And I think maybe if people don't totally understand them, they've at least heard what an annuity is. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about how an annuity works, what it is, and most importantly, how it can benefit the client. Okay, so when I meet with clients, I generally describe an annuity as a mortgage. And the only difference being is that instead of being the borrower, you're now the lender. And you lend the money to the insurance company and they promise to pay you back at probably current interest rates and uh, using current mortality. So you might be able to get an annuity to pay as long as you're alive. And that might for $6,000 a year, you'd give the insurance company $100,000 and as long as you were around you're going to get that $6,000 a year. Right. It's just stone cold. That's the way it works. You can, there are some bells and whistles you can add to them, like guaranteeing it for a period of time or having it continue beyond your death to a survivor. Or if you die prematurely, that your beneficiaries can get the residue of the, the amount you put in. Right. But they're a great way to protect against longevity. That's the plus for annuities. And to be fair, the con is that once you make that choice, that money is now locked up. Right. You cannot contact the insurance company and say, you know, I need a new furnace or I'd like to buy a new car. Can I have twenty or thirty thousand dollars out of that? Right. The answer is no. Right. But they do have a place. And I think the place perhaps is that we all are gonna have bills when mm -hmm. we're 
you know, we all have bills, but we're going, they're going to continue when we retire. Yep. And we're going to pay for our cable and we're going to pay for heating and water and electricity and groceries and so on and so forth. And an annuity is a great way just to make sure that's always going to be covered. Yep. And it's quite simple. There is an example. If we think someone, I don't know if I can do this in my head, but someone had a life expectancy of 20 years from 65 to say age 85. Mm -hmm. I would sometimes say to folks, how much do you spend per meal? And they'd say, well, I spend about $5 per meal, let's say. So that's $15 a day mm -hmm. for 365 days for 20 that's years. Funny. So you're going to spend, if I, my numbers are right, you can check these, but I think you're going to spend about $320,000 on food over the next 20 years on meals. Would you like to be able to make sure that's covered? And if you have a spouse, now it's $640,000 and yeah. so on. So those sort of certainty, those certain expenses, an annuity pairs up right. with those famously. It really works well. And you did use the example of a defined benefit pension. Mm -hmm. And when you really think about it, it's the same idea. You've given Most money definitely. and your employer as well, but what it provides you is an income. You can't go back to a defined benefit pension and say, I need a new furnace, I need a new roof, and they give you the money. Yeah. Nope, sorry, it's, it's no an means, income no. stream. It's an income And that's stream. essentially yeah. what an annuity is. So Most definitely. You, you've almost set up a, a type of pension for yourself, in a way. You can think of it like an individual pension plan. Yeah. That, that's really what you've established. Yeah. And it can be registered, non-registered. There is one restriction. It can't be a TFSA for the record, but uh, it can be anything else, yep. any other of the, of the CRA's sort of registration buckets. So the good thing about annuity is you have guaranteed yourself an income stream for, like you say, might be as long as you live, could be 20 years, could be as long as you and your spouse are alive, something like that. But you've traded off a pile of money and what you've gotten in return is a guaranteed income stream. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's great. And like you said, the one downside of that, the big downside is you have given away the money. Let's talk about another product that the industry has come up with a little bit more recently. Lots of names out there for it, but a lifetime income benefit is one of the ways that it's referred to. There's some other names. So talk a little bit about that and how it's similar to an annuity, how it's different from an annuity. And again, what's the client get? What's, what's the benefit for the client? Okay, if I could sort of just describe the spectrum of income in retirement, let's say. You could have your money, when I was here last time, we talked about mutual funds and segregated funds. You could have your money there and manage it and draw money out of it and hope it lasts. Right. Or, as we were just discussing, you could have an annuity where you have certainty of the income, but you lose the liquidity. Right. What you're talking about, Al, is something in the middle that is called a lifetime income benefit or a guaranteed minimum withdrawal benefit. Right. And it's a product where... A person can still invest in the markets through segregated funds, but at a point in the future, have guaranteed income. In a way, it's kind of like having your cake and eating it too. Mm -hmm. And these products will have some distinct features, but the idea is that you're in the markets and at some point in the future, you can instruct the insurance company to turn on the guaranteed income, and that will be around as long as the person lives. Right. And they can be set up so that this money could continue to a surviving spouse as well. They've really been very, very popular. They, as you say, they came out, uh, one carrier launched them in 2006, and then the industry has very followed it along very closely, and they got a little bit more sophisticated over time. And I would say their popularity is still there, but it's waning a little bit. And I think it's because we're in a bull market at the moment. Right. If uh, an event like 2008 and 2009 happened every three years, right. 
everyone would have one of these yeah. things. Yeah. Because they do, if, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to a bit of the details of sure. it. If a person were to invest $100,000 into uh, one of these products, some of them would pay what they call a bonus. So each year, let's use 3% for argument's sake, 3% of $100,000 would be set aside in sort of a pretend account. And if you had it for 10 years, you'd have $30,000 parked away in this pretend account. And let's say at the end of that 10th year, someone decided to take income, right? There'd be a table that said at your age, the payout is 4% perhaps, and you'll get 4% of the 100 you put in plus the 30 that's in this pretend account, right? So whatever that number may be, $5,200, I think is the amount. The important thing to remember though, is that that notional account, I always think of it as like aeroplan points or reward points or somehow mm -hmm. that you can only spend one way. Right. And the only way these products you can spend that bonus, as it's called, is to start your income. Mm -hmm. But it's nice because in a way, even though you don't have access to that pool, your asset is kind of growing notionally by three or four or five percent every year. Right. And then that number is going to be used to calculate the income in the future. It takes the market vagary out of it. Right. If the market takes off, when, when I was here last time, we talked about resetting. This These products also have resetting, so right. you could reset up and the bonus would go up as well. Yep. So the thing it protects, again, obviously is longevity. And the other thing that both annuities do, but this does very well too, is their sequence of return risk is what uh, the industry calls it. And if someone decides to, let's just say for argument's sake, someone's taking out, needs 4% of their investment to pay their bills in retirement. If they are in a situation where they invested 100 and now it's worth 75 because of the market, right. they still need 4% of 100,000. Yes. So it's going to be reducing their asset more rapidly. Yeah. This GMWB or LIB just eliminates that risk because right. the amount is guaranteed. Yeah. You've basically got a product that you can't outlive. The insurance company, again, like an annuity, takes the risk that if you live too long, so to speak, mm -hmm. they're on the hook to pay you whatever income they agreed to at the beginning. You live to 85, you live to 100, doesn't matter. You, they the continue to pay. Yeah. So yeah. what will happen is a person would use up their own money first, and then if they're still alive, that's when the insurance company comes in and starts paying out the annual right. amount for them. Yeah. And as we say, people are living a long, long time. And a question I often get from clients is, well, how can the insurance companies afford to do this? They can afford to do it because they're required to hold a lot of capital to back these products. Right. And I, by a lot, I mean a lot. Yep. They have to squirrel away all sorts of reserves to make sure that they can honor these things. And we didn't talk about it last time, but it just has popped into my head. The insurance industry, or segregated fund industry, let's call it, the carriers have an insurance company that they use called Assurus. So right. in the event that a benefit can't be paid because a company's insolvent, yep. Assurance will step in and under certain limits, we'll make sure that people get their money. Yeah. Like I know that sometimes people do ask that question, say, well, this is all yeah. fine and dandy what stuff, happens but what happens if the insurance company, the insurance company yeah. can't pay? Well, we have Assurance up on top yeah. and the insurance companies actually pay a premium to Assurance, just like we would pay a premium for car insurance or right. house insurance or right. something. And they have a big reserve to help out companies. Yeah. Not to scare people, they historically, in my sort of, time I've been working, two companies have gone insolvent and the industry itself picked up all the risk and no, no Canadian has ever gone without a full benefit right. from an insurance company. Yeah, so that's reassuring. Yeah. So we talked about the downside of an annuity mm -hmm. is 
you'd give the money away. Again, comparing it to a defined benefit plan, you know, if, if what you're doing is you're trading off the money for a guaranteed income, maybe that's not all that bad. But obviously the biggest concern would be, hey, what happens if I give $100,000 away to the insurance company and I die tomorrow? The insurance company's got all my money. And again, on annuities, you can have some guarantees, but that aside, the product that we're talking about is a little bit different because if you die too early, again, quote unquote, mm -hmm. there is some estate value there, which is a little bit different from an annuity. So talk about that a little bit. Certainly, yeah. Um, one of the requirements to be a segregated fund is to have a death benefit, and this uh, GMWB or LIB is no different. Typically, they're either 75% or 100% of what's got in, less proportionate reductions for what's gone out. To be careful right. how I describe that, but if someone had put in $100,000 and hadn't started their income and right. they had a $100,000 death benefit guarantee, then their beneficiaries would get the greater of the $100,000 or the market value at the time of death. Right. Depending on who is offering the product, sometimes it's 75% of what went in, sometimes it's 100%. And then as the income starts to flow out of it, every time some income comes out, if they take out 7% of their market value, their guarantee goes down by 7%. Yeah. So if a person lives a long, long time, they've the guarantee will paid. actually be ground down to zero. Right. Yes. But that kind of makes sense yes. because they've had all this income. And if they had not had this product, they might have, as we were talking about the very topic of this podcast is, they might have run out of money they anyway because they just money. used up all their resources. So really what I'm hearing is this is a little bit of a blend. It's got some annuity properties, which are that benefit, that payment will continue for as long as you live. But unlike an annuity, if you pass away early, you don't necessarily have to worry about losing all your estate value, which you could potentially in, a, in an annuity because you've given that money to the yeah. insurance company. Most definitely there is a residual amount that can be available to uh, yeah. your beneficiaries. So a little bit sure. of a blend, a little bit of a hybrid. Yeah, it's, something a, yeah, it's a great way to describe it. It's a hybrid between a segregated fund that's just used for savings yeah. and an annuity, which yeah. is just used totally for income. This is kind of in the middle. Yeah. So you will definitely get clients who will look at this and see this as something that will, will benefit them in retirement. They've got a little bit of the best of both worlds. Uh, again, some estate value, but also some guaranteed income. Most definitely. And, and they, as we talked in the, our last podcast, they get all the beneficial properties of SEG funds too. They right. name beneficiaries. Non-registered accounts will bypass probate right. and there'll be a quick payment yep. of a death benefit to beneficiaries. It'll happen confidentially and it just will never get tied up in the estate process. Perfect. So that's something to really contemplate, particularly with non-registered money. Yep. That is fantastic. Anything else to add that you think is important that a client would want to know about? How do I make sure I don't outlive my money? Well, I think it's, uh, it's that old joke, you know, the difference between a good actuary and a bad actuary. Like a good one can tell you when someone's going to die, or a bad one can tell you when someone's going to die, and a good one can tell you who. Um, <laughs> Actuarial humor. <laughs> <hammer. laughs> but it, it, people are living longer, and it, it's everywhere. We see it absolutely everywhere. And participating, not just like functioning longer, too. Yes. I don't want to be absolutely. condescending, but like yeah, yeah. people are... I often sit with people working. I have a client absolutely. right now I'm working with that's 83 going to work every yeah. day. Yeah. And so people are living longer. And my opinion is this isn't for all of someone's money, these solutions. Right. But the parts that were the expenses where you know yep, that you're going are. to be paying them, like right. you're just not going to be able to avoid these expenses. It's not a bad idea. It yep. really is. It's something to contemplate. Yep. Yep. 
gives people some security. Yeah. I don't have any other questions. Anything to add, Robin, before well, we sign off for the day? Well, again, as a spectator, Scott, I'm so glad you came back in and you're talking about this because it's no secret that Al is my own personal financial planner. And uh, even though I'm in business with him, I do rely on him for all these topics. So this is something uh, I'm certainly going to be chatting with him about as, as we move forward because I think, Scott, you brought up some great ideas. There are going to be certain expenses that are going to just be there. And, and maybe it's not for all of someone's money. But it seems to be there's a right fit for this. So this is a topic that I will be discussing with Al at our, at our next meeting. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And thank you for your feedback. Keep it coming because it does direct the direction of the show. Your feedback actually brought Scott back in for some more great information. So we're really happy to hear it. I always say both myself, Al, and Joe do coffee really well. So if you ever have any questions about any topic that we talk about, just give us a shout, reach out via email, phone call, or LinkedIn, and we'll be happy to have a conversation. And remember, it all starts with one.